When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TFL Talking Trucks News Desk. (laughs) It is a news desk, isn't it? Yeah, for those of you who are not able to see, we've uh, slightly changed things, which is so much the better. And Nathan, and you're back. You were gone for two weeks or plus. Plus, yeah, a little over two weeks. Uh, We just finished filming the uh, O2O, that's um, Orange County to Orange County. Ocean uh, to Ocean. Ocean to Ocean. Uh, in the uh, electric vehicle. We did it in under 48 hours, cross-country, so we set a bar, and now people are going to try to challenge that. Yes. And that's on TFL Car, I believe. Exactly. Uh, so you're back. You survived that trip. I want to ask you in this podcast, I uh-huh. want to ask you a little bit about that, but mainly what this podcast is dedicated to is to affordable trucks, little pickups, or sometimes big pickups, too. Right. One of the problems, uh, that, and many of you have brought it up, and you're absolutely right, is that Automakers, when they give us a truck to drive, usually give us the top trim, which is well out of reach for an average working Joe or Jill. <laughs> See what I did? Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but it's true. 50, 60, 70, $80,000 trucks, you know, that are supposed to be really between thirty and $40,000, they just don't seem to exist, or at least we don't seem to get them. So we decided to make some changes. And we being all of us here at TFL, so one of the first things that happened was Roman went on a hunt for the least expensive half-ton truck you can buy, and he came pretty close. Yes, so that, so that was a huge thing. Um, and we can talk about our truck, which is a Ram 5900 Classic. Uh-huh. And then you've been on a search for a pickup, I don't know for how many years, because we've discussed this <laughs> when the podcast began two and a half years ago. Yep. We've discussed this before that. Yep. Uh, but because I mean, you've had many personal vehicles, but tell me what you finally took delivery of. All right. Well, first of all, just real quick, a backstory. The last time I bought myself a new vehicle was 1999. Whoa. <laughs> no kidding. 23 years ago? Yeah. And I gave that vehicle uh, to my wife uh, shortly after we got married because I wanted her to have a reliable vehicle that she really beat the crap out of. Anyway, so it's been a long time. I've always bought used vehicles. I usually believe in buying a certified pre-owned. However, something came over me. I began to realize that uh, I have a wife and a daughter who drive my vehicles and smash them sometimes, but I wanted them to have something that had a really good warranty, reliable, and I figured new would be the way to go. Okay, 
So that was the first thing. Second thing was I wanted a small truck because I missed, I desperately missed my Toyota Tacoma, which you met before. Oh, my God. I, I love that truck. It was a great yes. truck. Very simple, four-wheel drive, but it was... Extended cab. Extended cab, SR5. Yeah. yeah. So very, very little in terms of frills. It was a great truck. Wife hated it. But I loved the size of it, and I thought, well, I'd love to get a truck that size again. I have my own reasons for a small truck, but I don't need anything super, super rugged. I'm going to have something separate as a toy to do that with. Anyway, so I looked at a variety of different vehicles, and I wound up with what you see behind me. And if you are not able to see it, it is the 2023 Hyundai Santa Cruz SEL. Nice. Yeah, all-wheel drive. We're talking about compact pickups here. Yes, and affordable ones at that. I set a bar. I wanted to have a truck, a small pickup, I should say, for under 35. Originally, it was around 30, but you know, realistically, I wanted to get something under 35. So I set that amount. And for years, I've been shopping around looking, and it, it was between this vehicle, the Ford Maverick, which was a very close second, and the Nissan Frontier. I love the Especially frontier. the previous generation, right? Because you were looking at those generations was, as but, well. But the new one I liked. I really liked the new the, the new one I love. Mm -hmm. I adore it. Especially that green one we had. I just thought, I always wanted a green vehicle. I love, it's my favorite color. So that was, there were all these little things. And um, after a while, you know, after shaking the tree, and I'm lucky with the job I do because I can test these vehicles, like really test them. And I love the Ford, but there are a couple things about the Ford that I just didn't like very much. Mm -hmm. And I brought one home, uh, actually I brought two home, and had my wife kind of root around, and she wasn't very thrilled with it either. And I couldn't quite figure it out. One of the things that I wasn't thrilled about with the Ford, the seating position, the comfort wasn't quite there for me. The Hyundai was a little bit better, just a little tiny bit. And yes, the Hyundai that we have long term was really nice, but I wasn't interested in that one at all. I wanted well, that one's forty thousand dollars plus. Plus, yeah. our long term tester. Yeah, if you actually featured it out as a twenty twenty three, that's a twenty twenty two. But mm -hmm. if you as a twenty twenty three, it's almost exactly ten thousand dollars more than the price I paid on my truck. What did you pay? Up. What did you pay? I paid thirty two five was what it kind of came out to before uh, tax and stuff like that. Oh, that's before tax. Yeah. Okay. But all in all, I was well under, I, I was around 34, I think, and no, actually 33 and change. But the was sticker was about, what, 31, 32-ish? It was 31. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's affordable. I mean, all-wheel drive, four doors, five mm. seats, little bed. Yep. Not a huge bed, but um, still a bed. It's, it's still... Without the roll top and all that other stuff, which I'll get to in a second. I would say it's a pickup. Yes, you may say, oh, it doesn't have a giant frame underneath it. It's not a truck. Well, it is a pickup. It has a bed. Yeah, and also it's capable of hauling between 15 and 1,700 pounds, which is better than some full-size trucks. Actually, that's better than a white Ram <laughs> 25, I mean, 1,500 classic uh, that we just purchased. Well, what's, what's the terrain? Or the, uh, the payload is about 1,550. Yeah, mine's more. Um, but... You have a base engine, right? Yeah, which means 35 not, not a turbo. No. And thank goodness, actually, because recently the transmission, the dual clutch on the turbo, was recalled. Which is one of the reasons why I decided against it. Yeah, what I wanted to do is I wanted to go with something that I knew would be reliable right out of the box. And one of the things that um, Hyundai's been building is this 2.5 liter. Look, it only makes 191 horsepower, uh, 181 pound-feet of torque. Not a lot. But it has an eight-speed automatic transmission. 
proper automatic simple transmission. They've been building this setup for quite some time. The 2.5 liter is a solid engine, nothing spectacular, fairly efficient, but it's not, you know, it's it's not the awesome fun turbo that exists in the truck that we have or the pickup that we have. But it also doesn't have that dual clutch transmission, which I'm thrilled about because I did not like using that dual clutch in various situations, especially in stop and go traffic and off-roading. Yeah, off-roading. I mean, if you're taking kind of a steep dirt road, which actually we've tested before. More than once. Um, the dual clutch is not ideal for that. The dual clutch is, a, you know, pretty fun when you want to really accelerate yeah, yeah, really it, fast. It, it's, it's great for sport. Yes. It, it's fun for sport. Uh, it can be a little jerky in traffic and there's a little bit of roll and all that. And you know, a lot of car companies that were building the dual clutch actually went away from it because they were receiving complaints. One of the things about a dual clutch is that there are less moving parts. It's actually lighter, too, than your average transmission, the equivalent. And also, that's an eight-speed. So they're both eight-speed transmissions. Sure. Now, the automatic is not perfect by any means. Uh, when you get to the, the rev band, you can tell there's a difference in terms of its shifting. Uh, Low-end torque, you can kind of feel there's certain issues, too. But also, just cruising around at highway speeds, I noticed it hunts for gears a lot between 6th and 8th gear. And this is in Colorado, so high elevation, right? Right, so which doesn't doesn't help the fact that it's, you know, it, it's got a not an anemic engine, but it's definitely not a powerful one. But I was aware of all of that going in. What I wanted was something efficient, because bear in mind, I have one of the longest commutes of everybody here at TFL. As such, I drive about 90 to 100 miles per day for my commute. And I'm commuting more with my own vehicle as opposed to driving studio vehicles. So... I needed something so efficiency that was important. Exactamundo. Yeah. So, and that's rated what twenty six highway, mm -hmm. which and I'm sure. I mean, you just picked it up with like, you just put your hands on it a day ago, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a funny story about that. Can I okay, tell you well, yeah. Until, okay, yeah. So I ordered this back in July. Wait, um, so four months? What four months ago? Yeah. Okay. Now, and this is not Hyundai's fault. All car companies, all automakers are going through this, where they just it's taking them forever to to assemble and send out a vehicle. Um, good news is I did not pay over MSRP. I wouldn't. And this dealership, they're called Champ Hyundai. They're here in Colorado. And they did not even attempt to charge me above MSRP, unlike a lot of other guys all around who were like, oh, but you need this special protection plan. And what it was just crap. You need coatings and all oh, this Oh, it was stuff every and... trick in the book to yeah. make a little bit more money. Really upset me. This, no problem. But they said, listen, it's going to take a while to come in. And they even, they were really honest. They said, it's going to take a few months. Well, four months later. Anyway, so I had to go to SEMA and meet. Which, which we did together. <laughs> right. So as I'm getting on the plane, the dealership calls and says, hey, I, I'm, on, I'm walking on the plane. And I get the phone call. Hey, your, your, your car's here. <laughs> so, they called the car? Well, they, 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 it doesn't, it's fine. I call okay, it a pickup okay, okay. whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It, that's the thing. It doesn't really matter what you call it. Yes. Anyway, so I had to call my wife, who already was like, eh, really? And I sent her over there to take care of the final paperwork and pick up the vehicle. Now, here's the good news. Uh, they figured out who I was, and so the salesperson didn't try to add anything to it or anything else like that, but was very gracious and took my wife all around all the features of the vehicle so she would learn it. More importantly, she became a lot more enthusiastic about it. And so the next phone call I got from her is, this is really cool. I love it. And I thought, yes. Oh, wow. That was a plus? Yeah, that is a plus. Okay. But still, I'm already on the road. In fact, by the time she brought it home, I was about to leave SEMA and go directly to doing the O2O trip, 
which happened which, the next day. Which was the cannonball from California to Florida, which we mentioned. Right. Which was insane, and you could see that on TFL car. Yeah. Well, yes. The day before we're at SEMA, the next day we are on the road with Roman and our camera guy going all the way across country and doing it in less than 48 hours in an electric vehicle. So you basically, a- in, on the trip, you only stopped to charge. You never went to the hotel. No, no hotels, nothing like that. Usually, I would say a majority of our stops were less than 20 minutes because we go from 30% to 80% and then keep on going. And we used Electrify America because, well, frankly, they have the fast chargers and they also sponsored part of this. Regardless of that, we did not use solely those chargers. There were a couple of spots where we had to use other ones, and that's where some problems came up. So while you're doing this, and this is a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, also excitement. My wife's driving my car. (laughs) She's driving your Santa Cruz in Colorado. Yeah, now I understand this, that both my wife and my daughter have managed to drive vehicles that I owned that they totaled. Um, I mm. had, yeah, I remember the, the Mitsubishi. Yeah. Yeah, that was my wife and uh-huh. my Nissan, my beloved Nissan, my, my daughter. But your daughter, it wasn't your daughter's fault and, or and your wife's fault. Or my wife's fault, yes. but they were in the vehicle at the time. And as such, I assigned some of the blame to them. Okay, so my brand new first time in 23 years vehicle being driven around by my wife. And, <laughs> but she loves it. And she picks up my daughter. And fortunately, and, I, and when I got the phone call on the road and... You know, hey, can I let your daughter drive it? I said, no. There was an adjective before then. <laughs> Not yet. I want to be in the vehicle when she drives it, and we're going to be in like an empty parking lot or something. She's been driving for almost three years. But anyway, okay. So finally, finally. Yes. Now I, I, we get to Orlando. I drop off Roman and Cole, our camera guy, yes. at the airport. They fly home. But now your job is to bring this uh, Hyundai Ioniq 5 coast-to-coast Cannonball car back. back to California. Yeah. Now, this was my choice. This wasn't Roman forcing me to do it, just to be fair. Um, we could have put it on a trailer and, and sent it back, and it would have cost a lot of money. This may have saved us a little bit of dough, but also it gave me an opportunity to do something kind of cathartic and drive it back. And I made it back in about a week to California. And I took a slightly different route at the very end instead of, uh, I went to San Diego where I have a friend and then shot up north and then dropped off the car a few days later. And it was a great trip. And you'll be reading about that probably in about a week, week and a half from the time you hear this on uh, tflcar.com. I'm going to write a whole thing on it. Uh, Great car, by the way. Amazing car. Ionic 5. 90. uh, It deserves every accolade it's received. It is fantastic. I did not grow tired of it. Really, there were only two flaws, and everything else was perfect. Really good car. But, but wait until you read this. Right. And, and, and this it. is a truck show, so I don't got to talk about a car. Okay. Anyway, um, so I do all that. So now it's two weeks later. I hop on a plane to come back home finally. And I land at the airport. My wife left it at a valet. So I go over to the valet canopy parking. Uh-huh. And... Through the murky windows of the bus, I can see my car sitting out there with this young person. And this is your first time seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it was like out of a movie because it's like this foggy thing and there's snow everywhere and all this other stuff. And I I pull an Indiana Jones getting out of the van. I'm like jumping over people and ducking around and sliding across the bar just to fly out of there so I can go and hug my vehicle. I didn't get to go to the dealership and give it the hug at the dealership. Yeah. And I was surprised and thrilled that there were no scratches or dents on it. <laughs> and and um, it looked, it was relatively clean. I got to jump in it. And I just, I was so excited. I, I really was. 
there, there has to be, it has to be said, yes, I still prefer buying used vehicles. Certified used is the way to go. Um, but in the back of my mind, the first thing I kicked in is just like, this is going to be mine for at least 10 years, as long as the powertrain warranty, you know, sits in. And as long as my children or my wife don't destroy it. I was so happy. And it's exactly what my family needs right now. It's exactly what they need. They don't need, as much as I would love to get a full-blown power wagon, my favorite truck, I, I don't need something like that. Plus, I don't want to pay twice the amount of money that I paid on this to get one. And also pay two or three times more for fuel. And insurance. Dr driving the power wagon. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. That's the other thing is fuel. But yeah, this thing is just it's economical. It does the job. And it's just a real simple vehicle. Sage green. Yep. That's the color. Sage which, green, right? Which somebody else, there's another person on um, YouTube, quoted this as being um, Boba Fett green. And mm. that's exactly what my son said without any uh, prompting. Huh. He said it looks kind of like Boba Fett's armor. And my wife likes the wheels, which is strange. There are very few things on it I want to change right off the bat, but there are a couple. So it, are you going to slam it, uh, make it a low rider? I put a little airbags in it and you okay. know bounce it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, and it's, I'm not going to lift it. Some guys have already done that. I don't want to ruin the ride. It's, it rides fine, but I do want to replace the tires and the steering wheel. I, because I got the cheap version, doesn't have leather on it. Mm. Honestly, I really do want some sort of grip on there. Are you becoming like Roman? <laughs> I'm not going to be as bad as him okay. ever. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I do want to add a couple things and. It needs a couple things, but uh, in terms of just what it does, it's great. Now, by the way, if yeah. you're thinking about buying a Santa Cruz, yes. the, it's, the, the trim started SE. They got an SEL. Which, what, what, do we have a limited? What do we have? Uh, we have an SEL premium. There's also now the night edition. The night edition, night, right. And also limited is a very top end. Right. Uh, the one we have, actually, I've been driving it recently because so, I needed a commuter right. for a long-term uh, vehicle. Uh, I've been driving the Santa Cruz. We have you know, leather and all that stuff. We have a tonneau cover. And your truck does not have a tonneau cover. Right. You know, those roll-up roll -up covers. Which I did not want. So what and the, I've never seen that naked bed in the Santa Cruz before. So much better. Yes. It's so much more usable. The problem with that tonneau cover, as cool as it is, is that the roll top takes up almost a foot of bed space. In a, in a four foot and change bed, that really makes it small and even less useful. So when I went to outfit this vehicle, one of the things you can get on the SEL is there, um, there's an additional activity package, which I think is about 32.5, I believe is what the... The, uh, the activity packages that gives you roof rails, which is the one thing I regret not having. Mm. Um, I believe a power opening rear, tiny little glass portion, sunroof. Um, oh, extra uh, power outlet or something yeah, in the bed. Yeah, the power outlet in the bed, which is something else I kind of regret. Uh, and the roll top uh, tonneau cover, which by the way is more than just a roll top. It also is these rails that go along the sides. So the whole thing is installed, and all of that. And once again, that's thirty-two-five. I believe that's what it was cut. It was around that price, and but, I don't want most of those things. I don't need most of those things. Yeah, so maybe the rails you can add later, well, like the roof rails yeah, or something. Yeah, and right? I'm on. There's a Santa Cruz forum. It's actually fairly active, and I I'm on it. And I've been looking around, and so far nobody's seen that as an extra package. But the dealer says it will come. Um, you probably will need to install them professionally, or if you need a roof rack, you can always get the ones that kind of snap on, which I really don't want to do because I know that I think they can damage things, but that's a whole different story. Eventually, it will have its a special rack, which I have in mind. It'll have a nice rack. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, but bottom line, you know, the, at the top of the show, we said affordable pickups. It is affordable. And 32000 for an all-wheel drive 
Crew cab. Crew cab. I could have gotten it for less, too, but I wanted the heated seats. That was the only thing. That's why I got the SEL. Mm. Um, you can get the SE with all-wheel drive, same engine. And, um, and also, by the way, I prefer the infotainment setup in this one because it's not just a screen with buttons that, that don't react. This one has just like a regular screen and regular instrumentation. I prefer that personally. Um, so you, you can get, you know, knock off about three grand and get... So the, like 29 Right. Almost. You can get under 30 for this one. Yeah. And let's say you decide to go for Ford. You can get an all-wheel drive Ford. And remember, all-wheel drive is like the main thing I wanted here, or four-wheel drive. You can get, even for even less, the version that Ford builds, their Maverick, for I believe about 28 with the turbo and all-wheel drive. Yeah, and fairly well-equipped. Fairly well-equipped. Yeah, yeah. Like XLT maybe. Yeah. Or XL, I think maybe it's XL, XL Plus. I think XL yeah. if you want to yeah. keep it around 30 or under. But the one issue, another issue with Ford, and I was, I was pulled up next to one this morning, is that their infotainment screen is about the size of my cell phone. I kid you not. Mm. And it's angled at a weird angle. I love the one that's in the Santa, uh, Santa Cruz. I'm very happy with that. So anyway, um, but those are the inexpensive ones. And what we wanted to talk about were rumors about competitors because Ford and Hyundai are selling these things like hotcakes. Yes. Rightfully so. Yes. Before we do that, yes. and before we move on to some of the rumors, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Absolutely. We uh, usually do it at the top of the show. We did not. I apologize. I, I'm, it's my fault. I'm way uh, too excited. I'm uh, just excited. First of all, you're here in the Yay. studio. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, we're excited about your truck. You j just pulled up. In, um, but uh, I have to say that Daniel recently supported us on Patreon.com slash TFLcar, which is our only page, and also Kevin James. <gasps> the actor. Ooh. No. Well, I don't know. It's the, just, the king of queens. It says Kevin James. Far out. Thank you, Kevin. Yes. Even if you're not the, the actor, it's okay. Yeah, no, no. We, we really we love your support. It. And I have to uh, also give a huge shout out to Lance. I met Lance yesterday. Okay. He came out to Tumbleweed Ranch. He's from Hollister, California. Oh, I know that place. Uh, remember, uh, you and I did an event there in the Jeep. One, yes, we uh, one, did. One we day. did some off-roading there. Um, he brought his Bronco first edition to the Tumbleweed Ranch Onyx off-road course uh -huh. and tackled it. And the video is coming. Should be on off-road, right? Uh, TFL off-road, yes. At alltfl.com, you'll find everything TFL, uh, alltfl.com. But Ke uh, Lance is just a huge, you know, a, a, a really great gentleman and, uh, and also a great sport. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm so, glad to hear it. So Are there any questions from them on the Patreon? Uh, well, so no, not recently, no. So uh, we discussed uh, a couple of questions last episode of uh, podcast. So since the last episode, we didn't have a lot of huge questions come up. One of the things about Patreon, uh, and there's only one way to do Patreon. We don't have a truck when we have a car one, which he'll explain in a second. But um, if you have a direct question for us, we will directly answer it. We try to answer other questions, you know, when you guys make comments and all that. But remember, we have eight channels and you guys average, for every 10,000 views, about 800 comments. So we can only answer so many before we have to move on. But with Patreon, if there's a question, we will answer it. And some, we often do it here on the show. Exactly. Or just typing it into the Patreon. So and, and where can they go for Patreon? Patreon.com slash TFLcar. Right. Um, I, I did that page Years ago. Eons ago. Yeah. And back then, we didn't have many channels. <laughs> no, we, we, we definitely didn't have this many. So, so, sure. so anyway, uh, before we go to some rumors, I really wanted to, uh, once again, uh, bring our attention to the truck we TFL bought. Right, right. Uh, which only happened about five days ago. That's right. Now, there is a video already out there on that where uh, Roman and uh, Tommy 
actually went out and to Boise, Idaho, to Boise, Idaho, to pick the truck up, and uh, things went well actually under yeah. the circumstances. Yeah, uh, Peterson Auto Group was uh, the dealership we worked through, and we really—I mean, Roman wasn't kidding when he said we spent about a month. M- mainly, he spent about a month searching for the most affordable full-size, full-size pickup with four-wheel drive. We initially looked at two-wheel drives trucks yep. because actually for Ram, for this classic previous generation truck that they still build, uh, I, I looked this up last night because I needed to make certain four-wheel drive system is a $7,000 option. Damn! You know, for seven grand, I could buy a really good used truck. Yeah, exactly. That's but a, anyways, we wanted a brand new vehicle that was four-wheel drive, so we paid $37,400 approximately, mm-hmm. STFL, after a couple of rebates. So still, under 40K, a full-size truck with a V6 and four-wheel drive, and we have many videos coming. Yeah, we do. Now, by the way, I just want to do my impression of Roman over the past month. For those of you who are not able to watch this, I'm holding my phone up to my face, and this is what he would do. He would walk around our, our office area and say, so is the truck still for sale? Really? Because it was still listed. Okay. The answer is no. The answer is no. Okay. Oh, you have one for 52. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Click. I mean, so, I mean but wasn't that him every day yeah, and on we, the phone? And we got a lot of actually emails and comments and um, feedback from you guys. You guys actually looking, helping us find a truck, right? right. So I really appreciate your feedback. Uh, but a lot of the trucks we found together online were Bates. mystery baits. Ba- bait and switch. Yeah. A lot and of them were. Either, oh, I'm sorry, it's oh, sold. Oh, that was just sold. And or either, it's not here yet. Yeah. Or a better one, oh, that listing's wrong. It shouldn't be that price. We, we've had that too. All of it, it, it's a real shame. And, and there are a couple of times, we usually don't trumpet who we are and like, hey, you're talking to a news organization and you're about to become famous. Um, but there were a couple of times where Roman was on the verge where people were playing that game. And unfortunately, you guys have to be aware of that if you're out there looking for a vehicle, it's still happening. But just like I said with these guys over at Champ Hyundai, uh, there are plenty of people who play by the rules and they deserve business because they're not screwing around. Yeah, especially I want to give a shout out to Johnson Auto Plaza. Yeah. We worked with them. They're locally owned. Yeah. Like Brighton Ford is another one, locally owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, McCadden Cadillac GMC, where, where we went for the GMC Hummer. Right. Uh, also, you know, kind of a smaller places that are not national chains. Right. And, they, and they, they play by the rules. Yeah. And they're actually a pleasure to work with. Yeah. So that's very kind of hard to find. It I is. I, I normally, I, I hate dealers. I hate dealerships usually. But uh, when, when we see a good one, we like to shout out. So there it is. Um, this truck that we got does have the Panastar V6, does not have the Hemi V8. Yes. And it's super rare because you don't see many of these short wheelbase, short bed, or it's like mid-sized bed. It's not a big it, bed. They, they call it standard size, which okay. is six foot four inches. There's all, now only two... Um, in this tradesman version, mm-hmm. there's now uh, they used to be two bed options: this bed, six four, or an eight foot bed. Right. And then they discontinued this configuration. This two door, shorter bed configuration is no more because nobody so, wants it. So now it's kind of a unicorn almost. It is a bit of a unicorn, especially with the four wheel drive. And the cool thing about it is, if you look at it at the side profile, you'd realize <laughs> this thing is not no. a big truck lengthwise. No. It's no bigger than the Hyundai I bought, right? But on top of that, it also means that it has some real potential for off-roading. If we were to lift it and add a couple things, I think it would be outstanding. I mean, the wheelbase isn't much bigger than a Jeep. 
So it, it's a really cool setup. Um, I'm really glad we got it compared to going out there and spending, oh, I don't know, $100,000 on some of these trucks that we've been getting or 70 or 80 or 90,000. So this was done specifically because we want to be more realistic with you guys. Buying these stupid expensive trucks doesn't always mean that you guys are going to watch the video because who cares if we're putting together a video on a truck that costs $79,000. Or so, $91,000 or whatever the case yeah. may be. Yeah, yeah. So here we are. We're doing it this way. And um, hopefully we'll get more too. I would love to get another one as well, maybe some sort of midsize in the future, especially because we're kind of comparing them all. But now we have a basis. And yes, I will be using uh, the Santa Cruz in some future videos as well because once again it is on the scale of expensive and least expensive trucks much closer to the least expensive one these still the cheapest the least expensive i should say pickup truck you can get yeah see that's a great shot of that um is the ford maverick hybrid base model front wheel drive front wheel drive it's yes. the only way it comes right now front wheel drive with the hybrid system that's an excellent vehicle by the way but uh, it didn't have all-wheel drive which is why i didn't bother um, that one, I believe you can get in the low 20s still. I know mm -hmm. they bumped the price a little bit. And they're hard to find still. Oh, my God, yeah. They're, like you said, they're very popular. Yeah. Uh, you, you said... Uh, it took Ford by surprise. They were honest about that. They, they did not expect the popularity of this truck to blow through the roof, which is why you're seeing different trims of it. And I think that they're seriously reconsidering what they're going to be doing in the future with a vehicle like and this. And I think other manufacturers and other reconsidering... Which is why what, we're going to be talking about rumors in a minute, because they, there's yes. some serious stuff here. So first couple things uh, surprised me about our Ram Shorty. Yeah. I, I also want to call him Stubbs. Stubby. Stubby's kind of good. Yeah, Stubbs. Um, Stubbs. First of all, the only door, because it has two doors, so the only door on each side is really long. So yeah. the entry point is very, very large. And they actually have a unique door card when you open it. I'll uh, show you later. Okay. It has an extra pocket. No kidding. Yes. So hmm. I, that surprised me. Okay. I didn't quite re under realize that. It's a bench seat, right? It's a, well, it's, it's, but it's a split. You could fold the center. Oh, cool. So it's still a three-person uh, vehicle. Uh, and also, it weighs about 4,800 pounds, which for a full-size truck is actually fairly lightweight. That's pretty close under to five, Under 5,000 pounds. Yeah, that's almost what my vehicle weighs. Yes. So you would think that the 3.6 liter V6 would be anemic you know, in this, but it's not because, because it doesn't weigh much. Yes. Right, right. So it's actually quite surprising and quite. Well, it's about 300 horsepower, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I is mean, quite a lot of horsepower, actually. For a truck that light, that, that's actually, yeah. we'll get up, make it get up and move. So the real question is, what's it like to drive daily? What's it like to tow with it? What's it like to haul with? Guess what? We're going to be doing all that and a lot more with it. Yeah. And uh, we're launching a series, which is coming in a few days, called Let's Find Out. Uh, that's our kind of banner. Uh -huh. Let's find out. And we'll be doing real-world stuff. For example, the first one will be economy, MPG, with fully properly inflated tires mm -hmm. versus underinflated tires. We really want to find out how under – because winter is here. Yep. Um, and a lot of the times people don't realize that their pressures go down in the winter. By a significant amount in some cases. Yeah, and that could really affect your performance, your tire wear. And your economy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so we'll this be is our it. test truck for that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's exciting. Um, so now let's kick off the rumor section of the tiny affordable pickup truck. And I want to uh, show you this image. This image doesn't belong to us. This is from Auto Evolution. Uh, but somebody overseas captured the prototype truck, which they think is a Kia. 
which mm-hmm. has a solid rear axle. If it, you see the pumpkin? Yes, I see it. So so there are some rumors flying around that Kia might be working on a version of a Santa Cruz. Yeah, Here's another view of it. Um, hopefully you could see it. Um, anyway, there's a prototype overseas that's very interesting. So the Kia Borrego, if you guys remember that, didn't last very long here because they just brought it out at the wrong time, you know, 2008, 2009. Actually, it was a good vehicle. It was a really good vehicle. It had a proper frame on it. And from what I heard about this particular vehicle, what they're doing is they're taking that frame, they've beefed it up, and they're actually going to be building this. Whether or not it comes to our market, well, that's up in the air. But here's the cool part. If Hyundai Kia pulls this off, that means that they'll have this compact small truck basically what I drive, yes. and then they'll have the next model up. And this is really much closer to uh, like a, Taco- a current day Tacoma, which is huge if you consider where its small beginnings were. It's actually a fairly good-sized vehicle. So if they build this... Yeah, it's, it, kinda, it's sometimes hard to say from the prototype images uh, how big the actual vehicle is. But knowing the Borrego but, um, yes, platform... That was a mid-size or it was even mid-size. bigger. Yeah, yeah, it was... It, well, when the Borrego came out, it was about the size of a Ford Explorer. Yes. But, but it was almost... It was just a hair bigger in certain ways. And it was actually a pretty damn decent vehicle. V6, V8 available. So we don't know whether or not this is actually coming here, but it's a hell of a good start. And the way these guys have been designing vehicles re- recently, it could be impressive. Uh, well, what about this? this there's a, so many rumors about this. Okay, so I can what actually... What is Toyota doing? Or any? will they do anything? So I have some quotes that were actually acquired by Motor Trend, and there's some other... Um, uh, periodicals out there that got some quotes. So Barb, Bob Carter, who's the executive vice president of sales for North America Toyota, and Cooper Erickson, who's the group VP of product planning North, North America, both of them said they are looking at very carefully the sales, the volume, the popularity of both the Maverick and the Santa Cruz because they see that white space as something they can fill. They acknowledge the fact that the current Toyota Tacoma, and most likely the one that's replacing it, is a much bigger truck and uh, more expensive. And they see that an entry-level point as a good place to start a new vehicle. On top of that, they did mention possibility for a smaller frame or a TNGA platform, depending on what consumer requests are. And they're looking at that. Now, this, this quote was taken back in June 2022. So since then... It's quite possible developments have been made. Now, one important component to that, for those of you who thought, well, okay, maybe it'll be an electric one. You know, mm, I know I'm not too sure. Toyota's t- they're making a lot of changes right now as we speak. So this could be, uh, I'm almost positive if they build this, it'll be a hybrid. And it will probably be based, my guess is on the TNGA platform. And it'll probably be something that will compete directly with the Ford Maverick. That's my guess, and that makes the most sense. And Toyota would have almost an instant hit because they already have the built-in reliability reputation right there, and I think that that would help them. But there's more. I just lost my laptop. Okay, that's okay. We can, we can keep going while <laughs> yeah, you get it back. Yeah, we, we can. We can. Okay. Um, so uh, I just wanted to make a comment about yes. what Te- Toyota um, is doing. So, yes, I, I saw those comments you know, from Bob Carter and uh-huh. some other um, – Kind of executives, high Cooper high, Erickson, high high level people at Toyota were, were talking about this. Uh, what I was trying to pull up on the computer when my laptop just died was the sales numbers from last month because you we mentioned it. Uh, Maverick, Ford Maverick outsold the Kia Forte 
in that month. Mm-hmm. And the Kia Forte is an affordable little sedan that they sell thousands of. Yeah. So 9,000, I think, approximately, Mavericks were sold in one month. So everybody needs to take notice of this. They do. Uh, and, and, they, for- and they already have, obviously. And Ford would sell more if they could build more. Yes. That's the thing. So that's crazy. Yes. It, it, it's inevitable that, you know, other people are going to want to catch up and, you know, meet Ford because they're doing it. Um, also, um, Hyundai has been selling the hell out of their Santa Cruz. Once again, very popular vehicle. One of the more popular ones. Estimates are that within the next two years, the Santa Cruz could be one of the best-selling vehicles. That's saying a lot. I mean, it's but they're looking at the sales trajectory right now. Okay, let's move on because another one that's been really rumored – heavily rumored, I should say, to build a small and or mid-sized vehicle is, big surprise, Ram. Now, Mike Koval Jr. said they're taking a serious look at it. And for the past three or four years, we've been hearing rumors that a new Dakota is coming. Not only that, but the prior head honcho of FCA said that specifically, yes, we're building a mid-sized pickup truck. After his departure and untimely death, other people at Ram and Stellantis now say, yes, we're building something. So the question, of course, is what it's, is it? Is it going to be another Dakota? Um, there, there's, there's absolutely nothing concrete. However, we do know that overseas, Stellantis slash Fiat has been selling several vehicles that would compete in this class mm-hmm. that uh, have been tested here in the States. We've seen them on the streets in Detroit before. And it's entirely possible that they could be using one of those as a platform for the Ram 200 or some of the other things that they're calling it in Mexico and in Saudi Arabia and, and some other places. I think Ram 50 is another one that they've been using. No, no, so, or Ram 500? Uh, yeah, there's like 500 and 1,000. That's it. So they're using some numeric values right. there as well. Um, I I recently was watching or rewatching. Remember that electric day that they had at Stellantis? Yes. They called it the EV day, mm-hmm. and I believe I believe that portion. It was a long multi-hour deal. Yeah. But that portion I was watching had uh, uh, Ralph Giles, uh, one of their chief designers. Yeah, we know uh, Ralph at, quite well. Yeah. Um, he's a cool dude, uh, but he brought like a little silhouette of a mid-sized looking truck mm-hmm. that was supposedly on the electric platform. And they, they didn't say any names. They didn't say boo. Nothing. But right. there was a, a little image flashing behind them. Um, so it could be electric. We don't know. Yeah. Which means it's still a couple of years away. Yeah, because it's not ha- going to come now. No, because they need to, uh, the revolution has to come out. The revolution, for those of you who don't know, is Ram's next vehicle that will be an electric... Uh, pickup truck that's mid-size. Well, sorry, no, no, that's no, full-size. No, full yeah, size, yeah. But might have, I'm sorry, but might have a hybrid powertrain as an option. Uh, or a range extender. A range extender. Yeah. You know, so we're, we're hearing about that as well. But unfortunately, there is nothing else out there that really is solid. But there was not one other thing. Hmm. Mitsubishi has brought over several of their vehicles they mm-hmm. have been testing exactly right here in the United States. Mitsubishi and Ram slash Dodge slash Stellantis have always had a relationship of some sort. Uh, so the overseas Rams that we've been talking about, some of those have been based on the, um, what is it? The L- L200? L200, and yeah. the, there's another name too. Um, there's like a Triton? No, Triton, that's Triton. the other one. Yeah, Triton. yeah. yeah. So, um, and that, those vehicles have been testing here in the States as well. Now, bear in mind, 
even though they're testing here, it could very well be that they're simply here to test high speed, uh, high altitude uh, emissions. That's what they do here. And we've seen that before. I even worked at a company that did that. So it may mean nothing. However, we've been seeing a lot of them. And that mid-sized truck overseas is highly rated. So that could be quite good. But there's more. So let's finally get to Nissan. Yeah, Nissan and GM maybe. We need to mm -hmm. mention them because, because they should do something here. Well, General Motors has not made any uh, actual statements that I know of uh, about anything recently. Nissan has. General Motors, um, yes, they did build the Montana, which is being sold in overseas markets and also in South America. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a new one that's coming out. And it's entirely possible they may decide to bring something out here like that. It would compete directly with the Maverick and with the Santa Cruz. Uh, that one has a four-cylinder engine. I don't know of anything special about it in terms of powertrains or anything like that. But General Motors is moving over to electrification. So it's entirely possible that they may bring back, who knows, the Chevy Love? I don't know. But something that is based on an electric platform, perhaps something that shares with the upcoming Equinox, uh, you know, which is not as expensive or as you know, built up as, say, the Hummer which is ridiculous in terms of its weight and power and everything else. And price. And price. Now, Nissan recently teased everybody with their surf out concept. Um, now, we know that their Frontier is doing extremely well in the market for good reason. It's a really, really good truck. But that is a one powertrain, basically one trim level, not trim level, but one one setup truck. It's only available at the quad cab it's, or the uh, uh, crew cab. The Frontier? The Frontier. No, no. Well, uh, no. Uh, and, King Cab and also. King Cab. Which and, is extended. Right. But but still only one frame size. Right. You know? that, yeah. was, that was where I was going with that. Um, so there's 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 no standard cab. There's no smaller, cheaper version is what I'm or trying to Or a two-door or anything like that. Right. So um, there is sort of this ether. Now, Nissan does have the Aria coming out. And the rumors are that the surf out or something similar to it could be based on the Nissan Aria platform, which would immediately give them a small electric pickup truck to hit this entry-level stage. And essentially, it could be something that would be a winner. Uh, right now, Nissan's kind of sucking wind because that took them so long for their Aria to come out, and it's really expensive. And frankly, according to people who've already driven it, it just doesn't seem as competitive as some of the other ones that the Koreans have come out with, even the Germans. But... If they build the surf out or something like that, without the translucent panels, I don't think they're going to keep that. Mm -hmm. It could be a pretty interesting game changer. And if they're smart, they would try to do this sooner rather than later to be first at the game. Because in this world, being first does matter. Absolutely. And um, Nissan did something else at SEMA where you and I were there yes. at the Nissan booth. And we saw a classic... Datsun, was it Datsun or Nissan? It was a Datsun. Datsun Sunny. Yep, Sunny, right? which is basically like the, the 650, I think they called them, or the 720. Little, little, little tiny, tiny pickup. Yep, yep. The early stages, the 70s uh, version of the Datsun pickup for the United States, essentially. Tiny little truck. What they did was they threw in a um, Nissan Leaf powertrain into it, and supposedly mm -hmm. it absolutely hauls. It doesn't weigh anything, and they got really cool wheels on it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, this, this guy. Close. Yeah. Did, did that video so, where, where I was walking around, it? did that even show? I, I was on the road, so did that even we, we did. Okay. So what we did from SEMA, um, we published several kind of large walk-arounds. I mean, yeah. 
my gosh, that that took some doing. I don't uh, want to do but, that. But <laughs> uh, you did a Nissan booth walk around. Yeah. And it was in our uh, episode two of the walk arounds. Uh-huh. So you could uh, go to alltfl.com or TFL Now channel. Yeah. You'll be able to see that. Uh, actually, Nathan. Uh, you also showed the V8-powered Frontier concept. Which looked like that, it was that factory, man. That thing looked like... And I, I actually went up to one of the Nissan guys who was there, someone we've worked with before, really nice guy, but I'm not going to throw out names because I don't want to throw them under the bus. But I said, hey, you know, I, we know that the, t- uh, the Titan is not doing well. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, why don't you just make a version of this truck with this engine Put the Titan engine in there. You can cut your losses, get rid of the Titan, and then you suddenly have a V8 version of this vehicle, which would out-tow and out-power everything out there. And out-sound. Out-sound, right. Yeah. And he smiled at me and kind of gave me that look like, oh, you poor fool, you don't understand everything. And he's probably right. But uh, no, it's probably not going to happen. Um, well, there is kind of a prevailing wind that's a little bit against V8s. Right. But still, most, or at least, yeah, well, t- t- Toyota kind of got rid of their V8 now in the mm-hmm. Tundra. But most other manufacturers, still Ford, Chevy, of course, Ram, all have V8 engines. And have V8 engines still for several more years probably on the horizon. Yes. Right? Especially heavy-duty trucks as well. Uh, so there may be slight hope for a V8 Frontier. I think it would be a brilliant move if they could actually make this work uh, to have, e- even if it's not that much more powerful than it is, uh, than the uh, the. the this is the 3.8 that's uh-huh. in there now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the nine-speed's already there, right? Um, this and they setup, share a lot. I mean, uh, this was this a Titan swap. Platform. Yeah. Uh, b- because the wider axles come mm-hmm. from the Titan. Right. So all those components are there. All those components. So imagine, I mean, they totally blew it when they didn't build the, was it the Wizard Warlock? What was the name of that concept for the? Warrior. Warrior. Yes. And we all said it, and I think they know it. I think they know that, hey, had we just built it like this right off of the bat, it would have been a much better seller. So if they build this, this Frontier with the V8, oh, my God. I know you guys will be knocking down the doors to get to one of these. That 5.6 is a fantastic V8, and it would be awesome in that little truck. So that's one of the ideas. Ah, here we go, the Montana. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're circling back to Chevrolet. Yeah, sorry. Uh, First I lost my laptop, then I lost my network, (laughs) and now I'm almost back. Technical Uh, issues tend uh, to happen. But... um, so they're redesigning the Montana um, in other country in other That's markets, right. and we we do have a couple of stories on TFL Truck about this. I believe Brazil um, is one of the places that will be getting it. Right, and it looks really attractive. I mean, it's boxy. We do have a prototype kind of version of it we're showing here yeah. uh, um, on video, uh, but actually, I, this this kind of is a cross between the Maverick and the Santa Cruz in some ways in styling. In, it in it is, it is, and I have a feeling it'll probably be a little bit bigger than, at least bigger than the Santa Cruz. It, it looks bigger to me, physically. Um, if they build this, it would slot in underneath the Colorado, obviously. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what's the savings there? Are you going to save money by buying something like this? And I think that they are smart enough to where they would make a couple thousand dollar difference. And also remember that the Colorado, that is a very different truck than the one that it replaces. It's, it's the, the trims are very different. The offerings are very different. It's a much more premium truck now, too, um, except for maybe the work truck. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see if Chevrolet decides to build this. I'd be very excited about it. I love these little trucks. I would want to see where they come in with it. And I also want to see what the numbers are because currently um, – N- not counting the Ridgeline, which really is a mid-sized truck, these small 
little pickups are pretty capable by their numbers. They're towing up to 5,000 pounds in some cases. Uh, mine's yeah, the Santa Cruz uh, Turbo does. Yep, yeah. that's right. And so, you know, 4,000, I believe, is the maximum for the Ford Maverick exactly, with yeah. the Turbo. Um, so what will this one do? How will it compete? Will it be less expensive? Will there be an electric powertrain? General Motors has moved completely away from hybridization, so it probably won't be a hybrid. Will this be electric? Who knows? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a really interesting prospect to see what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. The question, of course, is are they going to sell it here in the U.S.? And I think now's the time they should, especially if all the components are ready, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, what they would have to do is uh, kind of pass the regulations, It has right? to be federalized. So uh, crash testing, emissions testing. Of course. But I'm sure, I mean, for a company like GM, they're used to this. They know how to do this. And so, a lot of those components should be off the shelf, yeah. just like they were for both the Maverick and also uh, the Santa Cruz. So, yeah, um, but the best news, I think we can finish on this, mm -hmm. is that there's a lot more affordable options, I think, coming. Yes. Uh, because this is what this is about, uh, affordable pickup trucks. And we have experience and more experiences coming up soon with these machines. So you don't have to complain about you know $90,000 trucks. Well, you do that, have to complain about that, it, but we're going to do our best to address those complaints yes. by, by bringing in vehicles that are far more affordable and realistic for everybody to buy. And we hear you. Uh, I've I got a lot of questions about when are you testing the latest three-liter turbo diesel from GM? Right. The Duramax. Stay tuned, please. I've, I've asked. Uh, it's difficult to get trucks, as you know. Oh, it's it's hard uh, for them just to build the ones that, that we sample at this it, point. Uh, or to just to sell. Right. <laughs> uh, forget about just us. Uh, so, um, so we hear you. We want to test all the latest engines. Yes. So that's all coming, especially the new heavy-duty trucks that are coming next year. Uh, right. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be huge. It will be huge. Guys, thank you very much. Have a wonderful week and stay tuned for more. Uh, we'll see you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.